Greeting you with the Holy Words, peace. Peace be multiplied. Sometimes when uh, you uh, come to church, you got to, the message will make you hurt. Mm. I remember one time we had a kid that we had got out of a high school around here, and he was one of the best, when I coached at Park University, one of the best uh, runners around. And so we had great expectations on him as a runner. And uh, he wasn't doing good for a couple of races, and we were watching him, and the workouts we knew should work. You know, it's like when you preach the gospel, teach, you know it works. And we couldn't figure out what was wrong. And we was up to a place called Maryville, the college up in Maryville, and he had just got through running the uh, 1,500 meters, and he fell apart. And uh, I looked at Coach, and I said, I don't know what's going on here. And so we walked over to him, and he said, Coaches, I know what my problem is. I said, what? He said, I ain't got no heart. I ain't got no heart. It doesn't matter what you read, what you study, what you meditate with, if you can't hurt. You gotta have some heart. That's right. There's some, some of the people who have ran with me, for me, will hear that voice, Coach Fields hollering. You gotta hurt, you gotta hurt. When you coach a middle distance runner, there's a point in the race the person that wins the race is the person that can stand to hurt. That's just how it is. Yeah. But you have to be in condition to be able to deal with the hurt. Physically, yes. Mentally, yes. And spiritually. We're going to deal with step five today. And step five teaches us we got to hurt. Because sometimes you have, when you hurt, you can admit What's wrong with you? And for, you know, men, y'all men in here, right? That's right. The hardest, y'all men in here, you know, the hardest thing for us men sometimes to say is, I was wrong. I'm sorry. It's just, it's just a macho thing. But you can't grow that way. Step five says we admit to God, ourselves, and another human being the exact nature of our wrong. It hurts. It hurts to admit where you're wrong at. To God and definitely to yourself and to a friend or someone that you can trust. And don't go in there saying that I can't trust anybody. That's, that's, that's the ignorant statement it is. You know, God's got billions of people on earth and only one's trustworthy you. That even sounds crazy, right? But sometimes you, you have to go to somebody, God first, of course, and admit to yourself another. It is very difficult for us to do that. We're going through the life recovery commentary. I want you to listen to the commentary that I got this message from. Here we go. Admitting our wrongs to ourselves can be the most difficult part of step five. Sometimes looking in that mirror and admitting your wrong to yourself. It's a difficult thing to do sometimes. All right? Denial can be binding. Denial binds you. You can't grow. You can't grow. All right? How can we be expected to admit to ourselves those wrongs we are blind to? How are you going to admit? There are some people walking, they never grow because they're walking in blindness. You see? 
Remember I told you all, look at my mouth. There's two mirrors, the one you have in your bathroom at home and the spiritual mirror, the one God shows you who you really are. I'm talking to y'all, you know that, right? Okay, just kind of talk back to me here a little bit, right? I'm trying to go slow so you get it. I done live this, so I know what this is all about. Well. See, you all are blessed to have a pastor that's walked on both sides of the track. Amen. All right? Here's a clue that can help us. We will often condemn in others the wrongs most deeply hidden within ourselves. Usually, the thing that you condemn in somebody else is the thing that's in you. You see? You understand that? That's why I don't do no finger pointing. You see? When you start doing finger pointing, you know how that looks. Isn't that a finger point? One's in there, one, two, three, back at me, right? So I'm three times worse than the person I'm pointing at. You still love me. All right? It won't be easy to be honest with ourselves. It won't be easy to be honest with yourself. Because it's going to make you hurt. It hurts to be honest. You see, remember I told you all when I found out a few years ago that I wasn't the man I used to be? That hurt me. That really hurt me because I wanted to be able to do the things that I used to do, you know. You know, it was a, I had two midlife crises. You see? Yeah, I did. I had two midlife crises. You know, when you get in your 40s, you can't do what you could do in your 20s. Well. And then when you get in your 65 and 70, that's what I'm at now, you can't do what you could do in your 50. And that hurt me to understand that you ain't the same guy. We're talking physically. And then I went through the cancer thing each time, three times. Each time it took a little out of me. Do you understand what I'm saying? And, you know, and I'm still dealing with the medication and all that stuff, and I'm doing good, and I'm feeling good, looking good. All right, go ahead. <laughs> feeling good and dealing with that. But that, that battle is still there. You see, that battle is still there, and most likely it'll be there for the rest of my life. But I'm able to get through the hurt, to know that I can't just let things go. Do you understand what I'm saying? I had to go get them checkups. Now I'm down to every three months. It was every month. Every three months. That hurts to think, wow, there was a time when I didn't even never catch a cold. You understand what I'm saying? So sometimes it, you have to look at that. You see, and some of you all probably don't know it, but sometimes my, I got an ankle that gets a little, little weak. I got a knee over here. This chipped tooth in here is chipped up so much that I had to pull it out to put another. I ain't going there. Uh, all of that happened in high school football. Do you understand? So your, your sense on when arthritis hits in there, yes, you know, it hurts. Right. And I can go back. Well, I can't go back. And I got to admit, you can't do that, man. Do the ice packs. Oh, yes. It's everyday life. Yes, sir. Everyday life, sooner or later, we're going to have to admit, you know? All right, go ahead. Again, it won't be easy to be honest with ourselves. And the Bible tells us in Jeremiah 17 and verse 9, the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. The human heart is deceitful. See, see you all look at me like you don't know, okay? Don't raise your hands. If the human heart was not deceitful, you had only been in love once. Well, say that again. You understand what I'm talking about? Come on. See, how many times have you said to somebody, I love you, and some of you don't get upset, and you would only have to be married once? 
I knew that wouldn't be popular, but right, right. The human heart's deceitful. If you ever went someplace, got in a situation, circumstance, and found out later it was the wrong one, you see, I, I, know, I know none of you all did. None of you all did, because y'all, you know, I'll just talk about me, okay? You see, I know how the human heart is, right? So when I was out there, out there, right? And you know, when you're in high school and stuff, you know, the little girls, their parents tell them something, right? And, you, and, and the human heart tells the, you want to get to the human heart, and you tell them, your parents don't know nothing. Go follow your heart. <laughs> Does anybody understand what I'm saying up here? Yeah, yeah, don't follow the spirit. Don't follow what you know. Don't follow what you've been taught. Follow your heart. You understand what I'm saying? Because I understood even then as a teenager, if I could get to the heart, there's benefits to go with that. Come on, y'all act like y'all been born by state. I'm telling you, I'm going to go. I'm going to find another church. Come on. Yeah, everybody up here like, You've been on both ends, most likely. So we want to talk about this step. You see, I have been an agent. I have been an agent to the flesh. Now I'm an agent for Christ. But I couldn't be an agent for Christ until I had to admit that I was an agent to the flesh. And then the Holy Spirit fixed it so then I could be an agent for Christ. Everybody starts out somewhere. That's right. All right, here we go. Commentary finishes by saying that we can look at those things we condemn in others as a clue to what may be lurking in ourselves. See, when you be looking at those things, what you think in others, what's lurking in you? You don't never blame another person's issue, another person's situation, another person's circumstance, none of this. I remember, you know, when, before I got saved, I had no problems in my life. Ask me why. Gwen was the problem. That's the first lady, my wife, where you all don't know that. All right? Right? But when you get saved, you find out who the real problem was. I was the problem. All right? So today for step five, we're going to learn about freedom through confession. And the Bible tells us in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9 from the NIV that if we confess our sins. You've got to speak it. You've got to confess them. Stay with me. You've got to confess it. All right? And if you confess, you'll admit or acknowledge something reluctantly, typically because one feels slightly ashamed or embarrassed. No matter how ashamed you are or how embarrassed you are, you've got to confess it. Confess it to God, yourself, and a friend. You've got to confess it. All right? Confess okay. also means to tell or make known something wrong or damaging to oneself. And sometimes it's tough. It's tough to lay it out there. You, you know, there's a thing they do in the street. He called me out. Y'all remember those days? And then you go ahead and sometimes you got to call yourself out. Well. Isn't that right? All right. We're going to help you here in a minute. So the Bible says from the voice that if we own up to our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If you own up, we got to own up to our sins. And then God is faithful to do what? Forgive us of our sins. He'll clean us up. He won't do nothing unless we first confess it. Yes, sir. You, you, you know, when you're praying, God bless, no, no, no. You got to call it out. Yes, sir. He, you got to tell him exactly what you need and what you're confessing. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, is, is some folks in here, anybody in here lived unsaved before they got saved? Well, 
Okay, all right, you know what I'm talking about then. There's just some things in my life that I had to call out to him. You see, nobody's born saved. That's why it's called born again. It's the second birth is when you're saved, you see. And you can't get to the second birth unless you get through with the first one. And so the first one has got to go. The only way the first one will go is you have to confess the sins that, that happened in the first one. You get God delivers you and saves you, and you get born again. And then when you get born again, you're free of your yesterday. Right? And then people say, oh, I know you. And you say, no, you don't. You knew me. Because there's a new me. Do you understand what I'm saying? But you've got to confess it. Right? Now, this, just so get up here with me now. That is one thing that in the Catholic Church that they do that is really powerful is confessing sins. They go to the priest. You don't got to go to the priest. You can go to anybody that you trust and confess it. It'll make you feel better. There's people sitting in this room right now as I'm doing this message. You're feeling uncomfortable. Well, you're feeling uncomfortable because you're ashamed about something. You can get rid of that. You see, some things you don't not carry to your grave. Get rid of that. And, and, and you'll have that freedom to be able to be a God man or a God woman. Right? Okay. Another way to understand it, in the message it says that if we admit our sins. We got to admit it. I was wrong. I done, let me tell you something. I'm probably the only one in here. I would have been healthier today if I could take the 20s and mid-30s out. Yeah, because some of the things that's affected me physically, probably mentally also, was in the 20s and 30s. That's right. right? Remember, I'm 72 years old because we kicked it back in the 60s. Right. We're the ones that, that, you know, I think one of our brothers, president, said he didn't inhale. But we're the ones that, uh, that brought all that stuff in. Right? Yeah, you understand? And some of that stuff had to affect my organs and my body and my mind to this day. I have to admit that. That's right. Do you understand what I'm saying? Some of you all listening to me, you need to hear what I'm saying. Sooner or later, my mother used to say it all the time. You got by, but you didn't get away. In other words, we're getting ready to do something here. Yeah, and so some things that we have done that we thought we, we got by, but we didn't get away because... We have to admit our wrongs of what we've done to our bodies way back then. Now it's catching up with us later. Does that make sense to you? I'm trying to give you a lesson that will help you with your everyday life. Quit carrying all these burdens. We need to get rid of some of this stuff. All right? And if we're going to admit, first of all, admit means to agree or confess that something is true. The truth of it is that most of the stuff that happened to me, I was the problem. Nobody held a gun on me to do anything that I committed as a sin. Then I have to admit that, right? And you all have heard me uh, get up in this pulpit and said, I've been everything that you can name. It's, it's amazing to me how people don't want to call their pastor. I don't want, I mean, I could be embarrassed with a pastor that tells you that he's done done everything. Well, From adultery to fornication to drugs to all that stuff. He's done everything that's possible to do. And you're going to tell me something new? I don't think so. <laughs> you see, but what I had to do is, when doing those things, you have to confess to God yourself, tell the truth, and get rid of that so you can live a new life. Some of you want a new life, but you want to carry that old baggage in there. It will not happen. That's right. Get rid of it. And then you don't let anybody take you back to that once you confess that. All right? Again, admit is to agree or confess that something is 
true, especially unwillingly. And sometimes unwillingly. You know, when I got, I told you all, when I went, I quit the ministry three times, right? You all know that, right? Because, you know, I wasn't going to be no, I hated one. I, the last thing I want to do is be a minister and a pastor. It was not on my agenda. I had a better things for me to do than to be teaching about sin and all those things that made me cringe when I would get up and talk about those things. And I, yeah, I did. And I'm reading the Bible and I'm like, well, man, you're a whole bunch of stuff that you didn't think you was. And, you know, last week when I said it, and you all laughed at me when I said, you know, I was a player. You know, you know I was cool. You know, I was a player, and, and I opened up the scripture, and it called me a whoremonger, and I'm like, whoa. <laughs> but that was the truth according to this. That's right. That's right. You, come on here. Yeah, you see, there's some names in here. I ain't going to call you out, all right? But your name is in here. <laughs> yeah, you, you in here somewhere. Yeah, you in here somewhere now. Right. Yeah, right, right. You can dress it up, look at all that makeup on, put suit on, do all that, but you in here. That's right. The only thing that you want to be is you used to be that person. That's right. But you started out in here. Isn't that right? Nobody gets a pass in here. That's right. So if you want a pass, you better go to one of them churches where they talk about prosperity. But not in here. Everybody in the sound of my voice is in here. That's right. And there's a name that it calls you. And it's ugly. Right? But you got to be able to deal with ugly before you can deal with beauty. Do you understand what I'm saying? Don't be a scared to be corrected. Never be a scared to be corrected. This makes me hurt sometimes when I read it. You understand? And the further I get and the closer I want to get to God and the more I want to work and, and the more I have to hurt. All right? Because there's, I'm the probably the only one in here. There's some things, Brother Nathan, that God wanted me to give up that I didn't want to give up. I use that thing to tell people, Sister Cozy, well, God knows how I am. I'm only human. Well. But he said, give it up. Okay. Admit is also to accept that you have failed and given up. Sometimes you've got to admit you've failed and given up. If you've never failed or gave up, you keep living. And I've told you all the things that I went through. You know, I was this guy that, you know, I don't even care. I haven't had a cold probably in 40 years. You know, I don't get, I don't get colds. I don't get allergies and none of that stuff. But when that doctor told me, Johnny, he said on, I'll never forget, we said to, he said, when the doctor comes and said, were you sitting? It ain't no good news. <laughs> right, right. You know, yeah. And Dr. Pecorell sat, sat with me and said, Johnny, the test come back. You got cancer. For 12 hours, I gave up and I quit. I was angry. I was upset. I was mad at God, yes, and told him. I was mad at God. I was just really just, I was kind of down because, you know, and I, you know, me and God had a conversation. You all heard the story many times, and I thought about all the people who should have cancer. I'm fit, I'm eating right, I'm athletic, you got folks that can't hardly walk, ain't done nothing, took me 12 hours, I was mad, oh yes, and I was a pastor, and it took me, it took 12 hours for me to calm down, and after the 12 hours came, I had to confess. I had to confess 
that if I would have listened after the operation, things got all in my lymph notes and all that, and there was a, God spoke to me. They said, you waited a little too long. And listen to me, y'all look right in my mouth. And God spoke to me through my wife and told me three years before it ever happened, you need to go get checked. So when I laid there after the operation, I had to confess my wrong, not listening to my wife. And I had to confess and ask God to forgive me for that 12 hours that I went in a rampage. Ask my wife to forgive me for not listening to her. Or ask for things to work. That's how it works. God never left me. I just didn't listen to him. You see? So when you, what I'm going through, they could have got it sooner. So when I go every day, nothing to me, I can complain. I had to admit, didn't listen. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay. Hope I'm saving somebody's life up in here. All right? Again, back to the Bible where it says that if we admit our sins, make a clean breast of them, he won't let us down. And committing a sin is not listening to him. That is a sin. But if we listen to him, he won't let us down. But the problem of it is we listen for, no, he could be right in your household. That's right. He can use who he wants to do to speak to you. You all in here thinking you're here because you're here on your own? You kidding me? You're here because there's something you need to hear. And he's talking to you through me. Prophecy means man speaking, God speaking to man through man. Say that. God speaking to man through man. That's what I'm doing right now. God is speaking, yeah, to you through me. All right? Okay. Again, he won't let us down. He'll be true to himself. He'll forgive our sins and purge us of all wrongdoing. God will forgive us of our sins and purge us of our wrongdoing. The worst person some people ever treated is themselves. And you have to ask God to forgive you of that. And he'll purge you of your sins. I'm sick of everybody talking about all this stuff out here. I'm talking about stuff that we do to each other. I'm talking about stuff we do to ourselves. And we need to admit it. I need to do better. Stuff that we've done in our marriages. Come on. Teach us. Stuff that we do to in our marriages, in our other relationships, admit our wrong. Do you understand? And God will purge you of that. All right? In James chapter 5, verse 15 and 16, the NIV says that the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. Sometimes you don't get over your condition, but you're healed in your spirit and in your heart and in your mind. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay. The Bible says the Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. And some of them, let's go to sin now because I gave you that other stuff. Everybody in here has done, done something wrong. You need to get rid of that. You need to give it to him. The best, let me tell you what freedom's like. 
it makes you feel so good to be able to know that you got it right. You know, it, it just makes you feel good, brother. You know, I'm getting it right. I got it right. And God has forgiven my sins, and I've forgiven myself, and I've asked people to forgive me, and he's purged me. I got it right. It makes you feel good, and it's healthy. Because anything you carry in here, it gives you anxiety, works into depression. But if you get rid of it, you want to hear a secret? You can't go back and change nothing. You've got to make it right today. That's right. All right? So the Bible says, therefore, confess your sins to each other. Say, confess our sins to each other. And we, pray for each other so that you may be healed. And we pray for each other that we can be healed. I'm, I'm amazed at how many people don't call Pastor Fields up. So just pray, pray for me, Pastor. Let's pray for each other so we can be healed. He's talking spiritually. I'm going to tell you something. Not everybody. Say not everybody. everybody. Some people are physically ill because their spirit is sick. Come on. That's right. We need to pray about it. You see? Pastor Fields, pray for my marriage. Pray for me and my kids. Pray for my job. Pray that the Holy Spirit give me direction in which way I should take my life now. Call somebody. You can call somebody else. I'm just using me. You can call me anytime. I keep my phone right by the bed in case I have an emergency call. If you can wait, wait till daylight. But, you know, if it's an emergency, call me. I'll pray for you. And guess why I can pray for you? Because I've had that same hurt and that same pain and that same sin in my life. Right. I know how you That's feel right. about it. You see, I'll pray and I won't be holding anything against you. How can, you know who's, the, I'm the pastor in here, right? That's big time, ain't it? The Bible says, he who's great among you is your servant. That's right. What it says. You see, it's nice to, to be a big time pastor. Not, not, don't tell your congregation that. So as far as God is concerned, I'm your servant. That's right. I'm here to serve you. Call me. I'll pray with you. You ain't got me to tell me what's wrong, but you should. We'll pray for it. That's right. You might call me and I say, yeah, I went through that. But look what he's done for me. I'm going slow so you get it, right? I want you healed. I want you healthy in this church. All right? You should never go to... T- See, it upsets me, Brother West, and people have a good time at church. The good time ought to stop when the praise and worship's over. I want somebody convicted in here. I want somebody delivered in here. I want somebody's mind changed in here. I want some relationships changed in here. Some marriages working in here. All right? I want somebody to be able to confess to God, I would be in better physical condition, Lord, because I defiled my body. Would you please forgive me? And let the healing process start. That's right. right? Our marriage would be better, Lord, but... I'm sorry the way I treated my wife didn't go to her. Well, that didn't get very much. Didn't go to her. Guess what? I'm sorry the way I treated my husband. You, ain't, nobody gets away in here. Note, right? And then go to him. Sometimes you got to go to your children, your parents. You see? 
Okay. Church, what the pastor's saying is that the Bible tells us the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Find a righteous person. You know, when I went through that 12-hour thing with God, there was a righteous person praying for me. It's called Gwen, my wife, the first lady, because God wouldn't hear nothing I had to say. Because what I had to say to him, he wouldn't hear nothing. Thank God. Some of you got a righteous person sitting next to you, right in your house. It could be your wife, husband, son, daughter, daughter-in-law, somebody. Find somebody, because somebody living it. All right? And the Bible says God hears the prayers of the righteous. All right? And righteous for you all that are not used to it is those that have committed their life to Christ. All right? Okay. Verse 15 from the message says, Believing prayer will heal you. you got to believe in prayer heal you. And Jesus will put you on your feet. He'll put you on your feet. You see, I should be mad at you all. Ask me why. I had to go through all that so you could see that what I went through, God could have a victory in my body and put me on my feet. Come on. So he's letting some of you all know you got a role model. You're looking at him. Somebody's got to go through something to show somebody else how to go through. That's right. Isn't that right? I didn't know that at the time, but it makes a whole lot of sense. You remember when I said I prayed to God and asked him why me, and he asked me why not you? That's right. You telling other folks how to be strong? Show them. Come on. I remember as a coach, I love coaching, you all know that. I, I, I would rather you call me a spiritual coach than a pastor. I love coaching. I told one of the kids that was running, I said, hey, everybody thinks you're pretty fast. And they're talking about how good you can be in your potential. And you running around here, running off at the mouth, telling them that. They're going to believe that. So next thing, son, you better show them. Well, God said, you're a preacher and you're a pastor. And you're telling everybody else how to deal with life. Show them. And I'm feeling good about it, all right? <laughs> and I'm feeling good about it. Because, you know, if you can show them, that means you became victorious. Yeah. Yeah, right, you see? You see? It's like the, the alcoholic says, yeah, I'm in recovery. The drug addict in recovery. You see, the person that's maybe had an abortion years ago say, look what I am now. I'm a good mother and a good wife because I've, I've recovered. God will cause you to recover from your sins. All you got to do is confess to him, to yourself, and have somebody pray for you. It's that simple. That's right. Isn't that right? You ain't got to run around the church, jump up and down. No, it's that simple, but mean it. It is that simple. Go to God, tell him about your sins, tell yourself, get somebody to pray with you, and it's dismissed, and the healing process will start. It's that simple. I know it works because it worked for me. All right? What pastor's saying, the message says in verse 16, where it says, make this your common practice. Make this your common practice. Confess your sins to each other. We need to talk more about each other. Talk to each other. Quit Pray. being all scared. What, they, what are they going to think of me? They ain't got no heaven or hell to put you in. <laughs> what do you care what they think about you? And there's somebody, I guarantee you something. Everybody in here been a sin? Sin once in, been sin in their life? There's somebody in this church that's done the exact same thing you did. That's right. Right? They may have been delivered, but they've been there. That's why the Bible tells us to talk to one another and to confess our sins to one another. Ain't nothing wrong with it. Okay. 
And then it says to pray for each other so that you can live together whole and healed. And we need to pray for who? Each, each other. other. So that we can live together. This whole country needs this about now, don't you think? We need to start praying for each other so we can live together. It is prayers going, laws will never change people. God and prayer changes people. That's right. Do you understand? Okay. We're told that the prayer of a person living right with God is something powerful to be reckoned with. And that's something powerful to be reckoned with. Let me tell you something. I'll tell you how God has given us the authority. He stripped Satan of his authority, and he's given us the authority. Yes, he has. That's scripture, folks. But everybody is not there. Find somebody that is. Come on. Do you understand what I'm saying? Finally, from the voice, it says that prayers offered in faith will restore them from sickness and bring them to health. The Lord will lift You want to be up. healthy? I'm sorry. I looked down at the wrong scripture. Prayer often what? It restores us what? From, from sickness, sickness and brings to health. Are you healthy in here? Hmm. Spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally, are you healthy? Ask God to bring you back. You want a healthy relationship and it's kind of shaky? Ask God to heal it. Come on. Get down on your knees, Lord. Heal my relationship between me and my wife, my sister, my brother, my fiance. Heal this relationship. Y'all quiet. That means everybody got a good one in here. Huh? Okay. I ask God to continually healing my relationship with Sister Gwen. 48 years, 49 coming up, 48 years, and I, it still needs to be worked. Come on. It still needs to be healed. That's right. Right? It still needs, let me come over here because maybe these people will talk to me. It still needs to be medicated. Does anybody understand what I'm talking about? Come on. You know, it's nice. Everybody gets to church. Ain't nobody got no issues. Get home. Don't even want to talk to each other. One go to one room, one go to the other room, right? In church, everybody, amen, pastor, amen. Get in the car and be like this. You should have heard that message pastor was saying today. Remember that? Okay, all right, keep going. All right. Scripture says the Lord will lift them up from the floor of despair. And if the sickness... Brother, brother Nathan, I'm going to talk... I've been at the floor of despair. God will get you up out of the, the floor of despair. Yeah, he will. That's real, folks. You're looking at it. I have been at the floor of despair. I've seen him lift. I felt his power when he lifted me up. You see? You know what he didn't do? God didn't do for me? He didn't do what I deserved. Thank God he didn't do what I deserved. <laughs> he lifted me up out of that despair that I put myself in. I can't even blame that on other folks. I put myself in that position. And he lifted me up out of that. I thank him all the time, Brother Dave. Thank you, God, for not giving me what I deserve. Well. All right? And they were told that if the sickness is due to sin then God will forgive their sins. And if the sickness is due from sin, he'll forgive you your sin. You see, it's amazing to me, because we, we're real over here, right? Uh, that people find it so hard that a billionaire would be in a place where he's New England's owner, right? Uh, money don't keep you from sinning. That's right. Are y'all crazy? 
Fame don't keep you from sinning. Prayer of the righteous keeps you from sinning. That's right. That's right. Right? Okay. So we're told to own up our sins one to another. Own them up. I just got through doing them. Owning up mine. See, not only am I the, the servant in here, I'm the chief sinner in here. Didn't Paul call himself the chief sinner? That's right. Okay. Because Paul knew where he came from. You see, I'm excited about giving this message because I know where I came from. Some of you travel the same road. We just went on the same time. All right, keep reading. That's right. (laughs) And then we're told to pray for one another. Pray for one another. Quit running off at the mouth. Pray for somebody. Quit talking about them. Pray for somebody. Just start praying. Don't criticize and preach sermon. Just go in prayer. You see? All right. In the end, you may be healed. Your prayers are powerful when they are rooted in a righteous And in the, heal, you may, in the end, you may be healed. Your prayers are powerful, right? You need prayer. Okay, let me tell you something. Here's what I'm seeing going along a little too much in here, counselor. Counselor is a counselor. Raise your hand so they know what I'm talking about. That's, she's a, you know, a real counselor that you go to. All right? People go to her when they should come to me. People come to me when they should go to her. Let me tell you the difference. She's dealing with your emotions, right? And what's going on in your head. That won't work in spiritual warfare. That's right. Because you got a spiritual condition, that ain't going to work. That's why the Bible told some people to seek wise counsel and some others go seek the prophet. That's right. You understand what I'm saying? So don't be scared to go here. Uh, Counselor, I'm losing my mind. I'm doing things that I ain't never thought I'd ever do. You come to Pastor Fields, Pastor Fields, there's just something driving me in my spirit. That's right. See the difference? She'll pray for that part, and I'll pray for the other part. Because some of you are going at it backwards. And how can you be scared of me? I don't want to talk to Brother Johnny or Pastor Fields. Cause he's, uh, you know how he is. Yeah, well, guess what? You want, you think I'm bad, you ought to hear what that Bible's calling you. Well, yeah, well. no, I want to go to Brother Johnny because he's going to tell me exactly what I don't want to hear. Go ahead. Am I about done? Go over here. All right. Church, you want to be this person? Turn to Psalm 32. I'm going to read verse 1 through 5. It says, how happy is the one whose wrongs are forgiven, whose sin is hidden from sight? You want to get happy? Go to God, yourself, and somebody pray, and get them sins moved away. Keep going, plumbing, please. How happy is the person whose sin the eternal will not take into account? That's Christ. How happy are those who no longer lie to themselves or others? It's painful living a lie. It's painful living a lie. Okay? Verse 3, it says, When I refused to admit my wrongs, Listen to this. I was miserable, moaning and complaining all day long, so that even my bones felt brittle. You live a lie so long, and you don't admit your wrong, sooner or later, you're physically going to fall apart. 
Bible says, day and night your hand kept pressing on me. Mm -hmm. My strength dried up like water in the summer heat. Mm -hmm. You wore me down. That's what happened to me. I quit the ministry three times until God wore me down. And I figured he's a little bit tougher than me. That's why I'm standing here today. I know what I'm talking about. I ain't one of these preachers. You know, some of these preachers, they go to school. They came out of a two-parent home, and it's good, and their parents sent them to college, and they got a degree in theology. And they got their master's, and, and uh, what all them other, you know, God sent me from the street with that degree. Y'all know what you want. I ain't going to say it because you'll go crazy. He sent, me, <laughs> he sent me from the street with that degree and anointed it and said, teach people. They'll listen to you because if you tell them what I've done for you, they'll understand it. You can do that for them. Right. But church, here's the key. When I finally saw my own lives. When I saw my own lives. I'm going to say it. When you come to the point where you see your own lives. I owned up to my sins before you. And I did not try to hide my evil deeds from when you. When I got to the point that I said, I ain't lying no more. God, this is all I got. This is who I am. You know all about me. I'm tired of lying. Tired of living a lie. Catch up with you sooner or later anyway. Okay? I said to myself, I'll admit all my sins to the eternal and you lifted and carried away once you lift, the guilt of my sin. Once you do that, he'll lift it off of you. Let him carry it. That's what that cross is supposed to be about. Paul says, I'm crucified with him. I'm dead. I'm a new person in Christ. When you quit living the lies, when you quit living the lies, you put on Christ. And when you put on Christ, you're free. All right? And finally, in Proverbs 28 and 13, the Bible says, Whoever tries to hide his sins will not succeed. You can't succeed. Sooner it's going to come out. But the one who confesses his sins and leaves them behind will find mercy. That's where it's at. Say amen to that. Amen. Uh, you don't have to live sick. That's the message. That's why you know, I'm, I went very slow today, didn't I? You ain't got to live sick. Quit. And quit thinking what people think of you. Repeat after me. All of my critics, All of my critics who, died who died and left them king. Left them king. <laughs> Say amen to that. <laughs> Say amen to that. All right, all right. I just feel good today, I think. Uh, I'm going to do the prayer today. I'm not even, yeah, I feel good about this.